Hello and welcome to Telling the Tale. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here today with Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? Mitch, I'm doing dandy. We're recording this really late today. It's a it's a refreshing change of pace. Things are going to be a little different this week. Yeah, it's a very special episode, I guess you could say. Uh... <laughs> So, by the way, this podcast, it's called Telling the Tale. Dustin and Thanks. I, every single week, we're here in your earbuds trying to elicit the sound tastes that it would be like to brain play the video games that Telltale made while they were still a company from wow. the years that, of 2004 to 2018. That sounds pretty cool. I'll, I should, I'll give it a listen sometime. Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> brief diversion. We talked about this. Now, I, it, it's wild to, like, actively listen to a podcast you're on, right? Because uh-huh. you already heard it. You were you were part of it. Yeah. But I, I did hear did. once from a, a little bird, a little birdie told me, mm. Dustin has literally never listened even a little to this podcast. So he doesn't know the theme songs I do. He doesn't, there's, there's nothing <laughs> that in the podcast <laughs> that Dustin knows about that he wasn't exactly here for. Yeah, that that is 100%. I have no idea. For, I didn't even know we had a theme song, to be perfectly honest. I Okay, well, that one's just bad, because I've told you about that. But Oh, right. <laughs> I guess that one's more on me. Uh, Dustin, why are we here today? Because we told the audience that we wouldn't come back until we had, like, a big honkin' mega episode for the entire collection of cases in CSI Hard Evidence. Yeah, I guess we just didn't want to. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, so, okay, look, here's here's the deal. CSI games are harder for us to play than other Telltale games for a myriad of reasons. One of which is technical. The way we do CSI games is different from all the other games. Uh, Dustin plays it on his end, and I watch him stream it to me over Discord. It's a, it's a yeah. fine enough system, but it does require like a lot of people to be free at the same time. Uh, I guess it is a fine enough system for someone who doesn't have to play it, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, okay. <laughs> the The other reason it's hard is because these games are just frustrating. <laughs> they're, they're just yeah. frustrating in a way that video games aren't. Yeah, you know what? I will, I'll just come out and say it. This is at least a step up from the last one. Yeah, it does okay. a lot. It does a lot that makes it a lot smoother. So, so let let's just head into what we're gonna talk about this episode. Okay. Um, CSI Hard Evidence came out on September twenty fifth, two thousand seven, but we are playing the Wii version, which came out on January fifteenth, two thousand eight. About uh, four months later. So not very far away, and also different from the PS2 version of Three Dimensions of Murder that we played for the first, uh, th- well, Three Dimensions of Murder, the, the first Telltale CSI game, the Wii version actually was developed by Telltale. Ooh. Uh, at this point in their history, even though it's a one-year difference only, they are now fully immersed in uh, console game development, which is a big step for the company. That's true. It's true. I agree. And, I'm and so yeah, glad that we're like, not standing on opposite sides of that argument. That would be a weird I, one to throw you down. You and me on. are on the same page here. And yeah, you know, the PS2 version, uh, 
I'm, I'm, I just, I won't sugarcoat it. It was not very good. Yeah. But, uh, so we were really nervous about it because this, the PS2 version was especially not good, even though that game, I think in general is not great. Um, but the yeah. PS2 version is especially not good because Sony had a specific mandate that all PS2 games at a certain period of time needed to be fully 3D. Um, and, I mean, this game was 3D, but what they what it meant to Sony to be fully 3D was you could physically explore the 3D environment. Um uh, which meant that a game that was about like static screens and sort of turning the camera rather than actually exploring uh, turned into a game where you have to walk around a space in first person and then like zoom in on a clue physically. It became so labor intensive, so frustrating <laughs> that it was, even though it wasn't like the time that we took the hiatus from the podcast, it's definitely what filtered into us taking that one month hiatus from the podcast. Yeah, Mitch, try playing it. <laughs> yeah, again, no thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, you thought you had it bad. I will say for this specific kind of game, me yelling at Dustin over a microphone feels about... I feel. I felt <laughs> like I played it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that doesn't make me feel better um i guess it's not supposed to but also <laughs> it's it, it's an interesting i think it says much more about the game than you or me it's yeah. it's a game where like if you if you tell it what to do and you have a really good idea of what you mean when you're speaking and by it i mean dustin <laughs> uh it, it, it it's effectively the same as playing the game uh th- th- that is the same as a lot of these um, point-and-click adventure games from the early Telltale era. That's not special, but I, I it is. It's helpful in. I guess you could call it a form of remote play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is how we do it. Yeah, I mean, at least you're there. You being there does make it more tolerable, I guess. So, um, like we said. We wanted to come back when we had, like, all of the episodes or maybe do them in batches, like, two batches. Uh, we didn't do that. We played exactly one case out of the five in the game. And we played the tutorial level, which was not nearly the length of a regular case, but it's something. <laughs> it was it was a fun little thing, I guess. So well, if you're looking at the length of the podcast and you... I mean, I don't know yet how long it's going to be, but I, I assume not long. um that's why we're just doing one case today case one burning for you with all the other cases in the game it was designed by greg land and mark darren and written by max allen collins and greg land uh greg land definitely seems to be the uh the major orchestrator of this game uh it was his passion project i guess you could say that csi hard evidence from uh year of our lord 2007 was greg land's passion project (laughs) yeah you could you could make the choice to say that so maybe to pad out the podcast a little bit before we talk about case one burning for you do you want to talk about the training level we did so our training level it was very basic it was just a little case of uh oh who stole the donut and it basically just ran you through your systems you know your tools uh picking up evidence uh calling people in it's all everything we already knew how to do yeah so i 
I requested, so we, we tried playing this twice, and the first we just, like, weren't in the right mindset, so we gave up immediately. <laughs> but the <laughs> second time we, we played, I uh, I requested that Dustin click on the tutorial level, because we didn't do it the first time. Because uh, we thought, you know, like, hey, we're two of the only, I mean, you are one, I am not, I guess. One of the only person, people in the world who've probably beaten the PS2 version of... <laughs> uh, of three dimensions of murder. Yeah. Like not very you know, many people. I think it's in the tens of thousands at most. Even that might be generous. Yeah. A few thousand, I bet is probably more accurate. I, w- to, to I would assume it. I would assume. Yeah. Most people who bought it probably stopped at some point while playing it. Um, but yeah, the, the guy from the show, remember this is a TV show. It's kind of hard to remember oh, yeah. that sometimes when you're playing these, these games, uh, it feels very much like its own brain. Yeah, it, it just so naturally fits the gaming landscape like a glove. <laughs> okay, that's a lie. But I <laughs> but I actually feel what I said a little bit. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's this vibe of CSI has so uniformly felt like its own thing that even though I've seen episodes of the show from this era, uh it, it it just feels like its own thing. It's it's its own brand of video game. The same way that GoldenEye 007 kind of feels like, oh, it's its own... It, it's a James Bond thing, but it's it's definitely its own video game. You know what I mean? It stands on its own rather than feeling like an adaptation. Yeah, it's that, but like for bad things. Yeah, it's in, <laughs> it's in the not as good way. Um, So Gil Grissom, who I assume is maybe the main character of the show. Again, I don't know. <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, his donut's gone. <laughs> and you find it. Uh, and, and it turns out the guy he was he got the donut with um, thought he wasn't going to eat it, so he ate it. And that's that was the, the mystery. But along the way, we found out how uh, tools work in this game, and they're a little different. Dustin, you want to talk about that? Because you're the one that actually used them. So, in the original game, it was like a radial, right? Um yeah, it's a radial, you and you really have no idea other than, like, your own intuition which tool is the right one. If you want me to freak out, uh, go back and listen to the Three Dimensions of Murder one, uh, where I, again, someone who did not physically play it, uh, am, am detailing my war stories with the tools. <laughs> yeah, like I said before, you thought you had it bad. I was at my wits end with that but here it is done better it kind of better it's not perfect but it is a big improvement in that instead of just clicking on random tools and seeing if they're what you need now the tool you need will just pop up out of your equipment and be like here you go here's yeah. what you need sometimes that th- being there will said, be a few options and they yeah. you can still pick wrong but i i think even that is so much more generous yeah it, it's a even if it's not perfect even if it's still like ah oh, you got it wrong it's still um it's still way better and it does seem it's... like a lot of the different kinds of tools you were using were consolidated because in the last game we were like okay so we had some sort of spill and if it's 
blood that has been dried, it needs this powder. And if it's blood that's still wet, it's this other powder. And if it's semen, it's this other thing. And if it's like, like it, it's so many different little chemicals and, and uh, ways to get like basically the same sorts of things. Like all of those are just sort of bodily liquids and yes. they're all the, the same in the real world. You, you take a cotton swab. That's what you do. <laughs> And in this, you uh, you've got so many other things to do. Uh, but in, yeah. in hard evidence, basically have... there, there's like a, a liquid collection tool. Uh, yeah, it's so much better. It, it's so much better, and I I gotta be honest, Mitch, that alone really elevates this game over the last one. I was going out of my mind last game with that and yeah. like it, it's still it's still not a great game but i do think it's it has more i don't want to say it has more going for it but no it doesn't it's, it's definitely <laughs> more bearable to me yeah it, it's it's a game that uh like a lot of the later telltale games we've talked about this a lot with walking dead this is a formula itself that lives and dies on the interestingness of the cases and they aren't so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to it. We're, we're still just talking about the, the game frame as a whole. But between not having that Sony mandate that this port of the game be like first person exploratory mm. and the tools being consolidated, plus I think an ethereal like just a little bit betterness, like everything's just a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, in a small, very slight way, not like a lot. But I, it it definitely feels like a lot. I think these small changes really go a long way. Yeah, yeah. But I in, like in, Th- in, the, this in terms is said of as what the actually it. changed, it's not much. Yeah. Right. Like it's like yeah. literal changes. There aren't too many, but they feel like they all add up together to make a game that is actually playable. Um, yes, one hundred percent. For comparison, it, it makes. It ha- makes me probably like it a little more than I should. Like, it's still not good, but after that first game, this just feels like a whole... Uh, it's such a bright spot. Okay, listener. So, okay. <laughs> listener, you and me come over here. Dustin's going to do his own thing for a second. Let me tell you something. La, la, la. So, Dustin was complaining the whole time. And then, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as the case ended, he was like, that was so much better. And I'm like, I know it was, but you didn't have a good time. And I think you're trying yeah, to no, convince uh, yeah. yourself that you did. Well, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> like, after after the absolute I nightmare. I just think we should be more honest game. with our feelings. It's, I know you didn't have a good time. Mitch, I'm just telling you what I'm feeling in my heart right now. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> I'm not saying it's uh, The Walking Dead Season 1 or anything. Right. Correct. <laughs> because it's CSI hard evidence for the Wii. So, um, an- another point of comparison for this game and the first CSI game that we played is that the first CSI game that we played re- basically required us to go through a walkthrough. And because Dustin might be the first person in the entire world to play through Three Dimensions of Murder all the way on the PS2 version... The only walkthroughs that were available were for the PC version, which worked well enough, but constantly had little things that didn't carry over because, I mean, it, it was a from-the-ground-up port. Yeah. Uh, so th- some little steps of 
doing things are going to be different. And of course, uh, like the positioning of the camera angles and stuff were, were wildly difficult to figure out. And we had to do that all ourselves because that wasn't even a factor in the PC version. Um, in this game, we didn't use a walkthrough at all. Yeah, it was so straightforward, which, which you know, it should just be how it is. But yeah, after the last game, I was like, what a smooth trip this was this time. We didn't have to ever. I don't know if it was so straightforward, but it was it was definitely I think it can't we be overstated like... how rough of a time we had with three dimensions of murder. Yes, exactly. So the point of comparison is just it's just miles away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe as we go, my uh, opinions will sour. But I do think this at least made a good first impression. Being like, hey, see, we fixed some stuff. Yeah. And and that's good. I don't want to downplay that. So, while we got you happy, let's talk about mm-hmm. case one. Oh, no. See, if... <laughs> CSI Hard Evidence Case 1 Burning for You. Uh, You were accompanied by Nick Stokes in this episode, or case in this case. Uh, Nick Stokes, I imagine, is a prominent character in the show. He's sort of got a a southern accent a little bit. Um, And he's 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 a little card. He's 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 a character. He's pretty good. I I feel like our partners in uh, Three Dimensions of Murder were so hit and miss, but I, yeah. so far I've liked this guy. Yeah, Nick Stokes is all right. Uh, he's he's got a very dry wit. I feel. Yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, some, something else. Uh, uh, another little quality of life improvement is that on the machines in the lab, we talked to the, the, the whole structure. By the way, if you listen to the Three Dimensions of Murder episodes, which might be required listening for this, because it's so much of a, just a comparison be- between this and that, um, yeah. the structure is the same. You get one guy from the show to accompany you everywhere. You go around, you investigate people, you need warrants to search for their uh, stuff in their houses, and then you take the evidence that you find and you plug it in the lab's computers where you have a DNA evidence machine, a chemical analysis machine, uh, a fingerprint comparison thing, a comparison microscope, and you've got you, you just use the collection of that evidence to build a case until you have an arrest warrant, at which point you can arrest the person you think did the murder. There's always a murder. And then you win the case. That's the whole thing. That's always what it is. So this time, uh, they found a guy, a cab driver in his taxi burned alive. Oh, no. Do you remember what his name was? It was like Bob something. Bob Castens. Bob Castens. I remember because I wrote it down. Um, That's a good way to remember. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I know every character's name in this episode because I wrote them oh, down. Wow. Uh, I don't because I didn't. Yeah. So Bob Castens. Uh, you throw him in the morgue, you look at his body, he's covered head to toe in white nationalist uh, tattoos, white supremacy tattoos. So we know this guy is like, okay, well, we're going to solve your murder, but we're not like cool with you, which is a weird vibe that CSI tends to do a lot, I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it pins the victim as like this big piece of shit. Remember in the first one, like the lady at the art gallery who got yeah. killed and it's like, oh yeah, she sucked. She was awful, but I didn't do it. Yeah, uh, or or how the, uh, it, like, like we're always made to arrest the person who's actually having a tough life and like being abused and pushed <laughs> to extreme and then the the victim is like, oh, well, you know, I was shitty and deserved it in every way, but I am dead now. So you have to figure you have to serve me as a member of the public. And like, yeah, you got to be on my side. I understand that's a realistic part of the job, but also it doesn't feel good. Why? Yeah. Why make that the game? <laughs> yeah, just just have the person who did it be the asshole you want to put away. Yeah, you'd be so much more motivated to... Uh, I mean, I guess when you have that kind of story in a show, it looks at the conflict of the the like the investigators. They don't want to help this person, but they do want to help all people. So there's like, you know, you, you get some of that interesting conflict of heart. Yeah, that, that's good for shows. But in a game, you want to be motivated to actually do the thing. And I, if I'm like, well, I don't want to save this guy. I don't want to find this guy's killer. I don't care. Uh, well, <laughs> then I, I, the the detective, am done. <laughs> like I'm, I'm emotionally reluctant to continue. No more of this, man. Yeah, I, I want this man done. Um. So. The, the, there's three people you go around and interview because their various pieces of evidence points to them. Um, you've got Ed Freeborn, also named uh, Edsel Danville. This guy's a real character. He's renamed himself Freeborn because he's just feeling pretty free at the moment. Yeah, he's... Uh, boy, how would you describe this man? Well, he's he's definitely like a burned out hippie guy. Yeah. Um he's homeless and he has uh used the hospitality of his two friends, Liz and Deborah, a lesbian couple, uh to to, to sort of mooch off them for a while. Um but they they kicked him out cuz he was uh, well, because he had an affair with Deborah, and Liz got upset. No, he had an affair with Liz. Opposite. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The and then Deborah got upset about that, and Deborah kicked him out. Uh, all of this takes like the entire case to find out because no one wants to tell you the whole story immediately. For some yeah. reason, like that part doesn't even matter. I don't know why he didn't bring that up. But yeah, that's that doesn't really play into the murder that much. I mean, it kind of does, but it doesn't. It it really doesn't come together until later, which I guess is the point. Uh, I wrote down here in my notes that uh, Dustin thinks Nick Stokes rules. Yeah, he's pretty good. I think you said we something that, about though. Nick Stokes at this point after being introduced to all the characters that you're like, man, Nick Stokes rules. He rocks. Yeah, maybe you should uh, <laughs> watch the <this> show. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, That's okay. So Ed Freeborn is now, or Ed Zoldanville is now uh, sleeping in the windmill at a mini, an abandoned mini golf course, which is (laughs) an inspired setting. You you gotta admit, this has a a little more character to it than the last one, at least. 
Yeah. Uh, the other two characters you introduce are Liz and Deborah, uh, who we just talked about. They have an amazing home. The inside of their home is so cool looking. Mm-hmm. They, they got, like, the fire pit. Yeah, the, the architecture, like, the walls, it's like a wooden Ep- Ep- uh, Epcot ball, almost. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's like made like a triangle triangular tessellation ball shape. That's their house. It's cool. I want to live there. How come these fake video game characters get to get to live there? Yeah, I wonder if this is based on a real house. This because that's it's just like in the suburbs in Las Vegas, but it has this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you y- you find out all three of these people have reasons that they would kill Bob Castis, which isn't that always the way. Um, <laughs> they can't just make it easy for you. Yeah, so Deborah went to high school with Bob, and they dated before she realized how like racist and homophobic and and uh, supremacist he was. Um, but as that became apparent, and also as it became apparent that she was a lesbian, um, she broke up with him, and apparently he's been harboring this obsession with her ever since. Um. Another reason to hate Bob Castens. <laughs> Another reason on, to not Bob. want to solve this murder. Yeah, they really paint him in an unflattering light, which, you know, mm-hmm. he could just be dead. We could just say, oh, I guess the case is unsolvable. Sorry. I guess his car must have combusted on its own. Uh, it's worth bringing up that the reason you are pointed toward Deborah and Liz is that you find a torn piece of a pamphlet. Uh, that they were handing out for, like, oh, yeah. basically their Burning Man event. <laughs> I forgot about this. And uh, it, it, you find that in the car where Bob had been burned alive. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. just it's just the part of the pamphlet with Deborah on it. And he circled it and wrote the word bitch in all capital letters. And then drawn an <laughs> arrow to the circle. <laughs> that's that's how you know. Yeah, that's YouTuber thumbnails in uh, in 2007, way ahead of its time. What do you think he was planning to get out of doing that? He was just letting off some steam. <laughs> I guess I guess so. Like, was he gonna give this to someone so he can be like, there, just so you know, she is a bitch. Well, maybe his therapist said that he should try journaling, and this is really the only thing he had to write about. He's not so good with the spelling. He just doesn't have other personality traits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He put he puts it up on his fridge to remind himself. <laughs> he slaps it on like under his uh rearview mirror and he just smiles. <laughs> <laughs> it brings him joy. It reminds me of home when I'm uh. driving the taxi. Uh <laughs> So that's that's Deborah's thing. So very clearly a good reason to uh, kill Bob if she did it, uh, because Bob's like been back in town recently. They, he wanted to con- uh, connect, and she was like, "I don't want to." And also, I've been in a long relationship with my uh, girlfriend. And then Bob uh, turns out to be not just homophobic, but like a serial gay basher. He's, he's been arrested for it many times, mm-hmm. um, and. The idea that his one and only has passed him over, not just for someone else, but a woman. Oh, my God. (gasps) No. Yeah, I guess it's worth bringing up a video game with a lesbian couple in it that is uh, portrayed 
relatively well, I'd say, in 2007. Yeah. Pretty uncommon. That is a rare. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, it's still uncommon today for, I mean, at least for mainline or mainstream video games. But at the time, like, yeah, I, I honestly have no conception of if it happened earlier than that. Yeah, I mean, I honestly can't think of any. And, you know, they they at least paint Liz as not, like, a super great person. But uh, the, the other one's Deborah, right, you said? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Liz... I don't think she, she's painted as a bad person as much as... Uh, well, I guess she had an affair... Yeah, that that's what I mean. And she is constantly burning things. So that's Liz's <laughs> deal. <laughs> what a care! You know what? They do a good job of <laughs> making these guys have some character traits, some memorable character traits. So well, far, anyway. <laughs> it's it, it it's a, so over the top. It's so on the nose. This guy was burned alive, and then you go in the backyard of Liz and Deb Deborah's house, and you find Liz, and she's building something called a fire temple. <laughs> uh she like her whole thing is she's an artist um and her medium is fire this is an ocarina of time prequel this is an ocarina of time prequel um uh, and liz is the fire temple yeah she after this maybe the next chapter has a forest temple a spirit yeah, temple they call her king dodongo in the biz but <laughs> um in the biz. In the biz. So, Dustin, out of yeah, some homeless guy who really didn't have any reason to do it, Liz, who was constantly harassed by this person, and Deborah, who is a serial arsonist, um, and also <laughs> would maybe want to look out for her girlfriend, who was harassed by this guy. Uh-huh. Of course, Ed is the guy that did it. <laughs> yeah, of course. What was his motivation for it again? Why did it turn out he did it? So... Even though Deborah and Liz kicked him out of their house, um, he he still really respects these people. Um, mm-hmm. He calls them the fire goddesses, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he's always low on cash. So what he thought he'd do is like, well, you know what? You know who I could get cash from and not feel bad about it at all? Is Bob Castens. So he... Um, he goes in the taxi, he, like, gets, uh, Bob to say, like, oh, oh, okay, I'll give you money, and then he gives him a bunch of money, and he pours a bunch of turpentine on him to scare him, and then lights a match, again, to scare him, and says, you better not mess with Deborah anymore, because she's a good woman, and you're mean. You're a bad man. (laughs) And then, due to clumsiness, drops the match and burns this guy alive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know what, Mitch? (laughs) If they keep this level of (laughs) fun throughout the rest of this game, I think I'm going to have an okay time with it. I mean, it's fun now that we're talking about it, but, like, we didn't laugh when we found out how he died when we we saw... (laughs) Like, it was just boring. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny in retrospect. It is funny in retrospect, yeah. Um, well, 30 minutes in, we're done. Uh, yeah, that's about it. But Anything you, yeah, else you want to bring up? 
Um, let's see what else. I guess that's it. Like we said, it was pretty straightforward. A lot easier to get through than the than three dimensions of murder. Yeah. Um, and that's mainly due the due to the tools, but also the improvements with the the lab. Um, definitely. It's weird to me that the case started out you had to use the mobile lab. Mm-hmm. But then immediately after, it just lets you go back to the normal lab. They've done that a few times in the first game, too. Yeah, just go to the lab. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing I, the same shit. I bet in 2007, we were still very gadget-focused. This was before uh, smartphones sort of made us completely jaded toward the inspector gadget mode of technology <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> So, like, America the idea that there's so a, a van with the whole lab in it. Maybe that was a huge part of the show. Um, so, you gotta yeah. have the van lab. And then you just go to the real lab. I guess that's true. You, you, it, it's not like it's a detriment to the case. I mean, it's you're still just doing all the same shit anyway. Yeah. Um, I, 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 this is a big thing. I wonder whose idea it was to make a video game about the TV show CSI. Who came to who? <laughs> Do you think Telltale came to the network that owns it, which I actually don't know? I, maybe NBC? Uh, do you think they maybe. went to them? Who's to say? And said, hey, we could make a game of this? Or do you think... Because there were other CSI games in the past by that other yeah. company. Yeah, CSI games came out before Telltale. So I wonder, maybe they were just shopping around looking for someone to make these? Or maybe Telltale did go to the... Who's to say? That would be interesting to find out, though. Yeah, I'd I love to talk could, to Greg but... Land about that. Yeah, that'd be... Uh... I would be interested to know, because even if these games aren't particularly good, I do think I have fun talking about them. And yeah, I, I am kind of curious about stuff like that. It, it does kind of feel like a mini event. Yeah. In terms of this show. So I don't I don't think we were going to do it for each case, but because we're here and because we only have one case, let's do some segments. Let's do some segments. Uh, Dustin, I have a golden moment. What's your golden moment, Mitchell Wolf? Seeing the cool house shape that Deborah's house is. That's it. Yeah, that's a good golden moment. I like that. That is a cool house. Good for them. Yeah, I want it. I want to live in that house. It, it's, like, both cool, but also, like, not that show-off-y, because you go into, like, their bedroom, and it's, it's like, pretty small, but it feels kind of cozy. Um, what do you got? What you got? For my golden moment? Mm-hmm. Uh, the tools being better to use. Just right, okay. The realization. <laughs> that, that moment when you realized? Yeah, the moment <laughs> when I realized, oh, this is gonna be way better. Yeah, I'm really glad we played the tutorial. Uh, even if we w- would catch up on all of that stuff as we yeah. went pretty well. We we, just... we didn't learn anything from the tutorial, but I thought it was kind of a cute idea having it just be like, oh, someone took a donut, and it's like, oh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, well, being in a controlled environment to really, like, step-by-step appreciate what this game is different from the first one, uh, mm-hmm. that, w- that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree. And also the donut thing was stupid. Uh, my <laughs> weekly guy, I think I gotta say, is Ed Freeborn. He's pretty good. Just the way he talks is uh, very interesting. Yeah, Every time I, he was on screen, I was captivated. 
I didn't write down any quotes, but the the way he described just his whole lifestyle um, is is pretty intoxicating. Yeah, like <laughs> he just in this guy alone, he has more personality than like anyone in the first game in Three Dimensions of Murder. Oh, for I, sure. I couldn't tell you any of them. And here, I remember this guy. I remember the the couple. I re- I remember our helper whose name I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I well, so what, you don't. I guess name? then. <laughs> Nick Stokes. <laughs> Nick Stokes. He's my weekly guy. He's okay. Pretty good. Nick Stokes. Good for you. You got one. Yeah, he he's a good first helper i don't know if it's gonna i guess it's gonna be like three dimensions of murder where we have a different helper in each yeah Uh, i do like that i do i do like that we get different flavors of helper because i don't think better than others he doesn't seem like he's the main character of the show so it'd be weird if it was him every time Mm -hmm. yeah um and then sarah seidel seems to be the person who is like on the sidelines of every episode she works in the garage. Yeah, she's she's the one who uh, came into the lab a few times to help us out. Yeah, she's... what's the name of the what's the name of the coroner guy again? Oh, uh, does it start with a W? Uh, I don't remember. Is Robbins. it Robbins? I don't think it's Robbins. Is it Wobbins? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Wobbins? Is it Wobbins though? Um. He looks like David Cross if his uh, skin turned gray in some parts. Yeah, no, his... I went from looking at Nick Stokes' face and thinking, hey, I think the faces are a lot better, even though the Wii is not that much of a technological step up over the PS2. And then I looked at the coroner's <laughs> face, the, the, the morgue guy's face, and his face was very bad. Yeah. <laughs> he looked I, I like will say over- a worm. Yeah. Like a worm's face. <laughs> a worm. I, <laughs> I wish he was. Um, <laughs> imagine how crazy that would be. Their their corner's just a worm. Yeah. He's like, ah, I'm going to eat some of this when you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will say, in general, I do think this does look a lot better than Three Dimensions of Murder. Part of it's the lighting. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the Wii isn't like a technological marvel. But... You know, it still helps. Like, there were yeah. no moments in this. It's not like the first game where there were, like, dark rooms that are just pitch black and you literally cannot see anything. Yeah. Um, and the character models are at least a little better. Like, I thought uh, all the suspects had uh, designs that were okay. What What did Ed Freeborn... Who did we say he looked like? Oh, I thought he looked like Keanu Reeves, but you said... You said Keanu Reeves. I said... John Stamos. Uh, John Stamos, yeah. I feel like if you combine those two into one person, this is who you would get. Yeah, and then slightly more generic than that would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but in terms of CSI, I feel like they did a good job with these characters. Yeah. Um, I hope they keep it up. If they keep it up with like, the following chapters, they just said, look, we gotta inject some more personality. The last game was... Just flaccid. We got to make this one erect. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, unfortunately, Ed Freeborn won't come back in a later episode <laughs> because uh, well, we, he was arrested. We don't arrested. know that. We don't know that. What if we have to call him in for something else in a future? From remember jail? How in, yeah, in Three Dimensions of Murder, remember, we uh, some of these cases uh, crossed over and 
we had returning characters. Not the ones that uh, were arrested, though. Not the oh, ones that we them? sent to jail. They they stayed oh, well, in jail. Well, still, maybe we can get them out of jail. It's like, look, we're they gonna were bust you out of here. <laughs> we gotta let. We're gonna let you out of here, but you gotta help us out on this mission, Capiche? And he says, "Yeah, man." I don't. <laughs> he would say that, but I don't see that <laughs> happening. I don't well, know. Call it an we, intuition. We can, we can live in hope. Also, okay, one last thing before we go, and we're about done, by the way. Um, this episode went a lot longer than I thought it was going. Well, to, we so. need to think about another case after we've already covered like the basis of the game. It's going to yeah, go it's by gonna in be an instant. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, so I, I was looking up the release date and, and uh, the designers and writers and stuff before we got going, like I, I normally do, and I accidentally saw. Uh, just for this episode, just this first episode, a, a plot spoiler. Or so I thought, and I didn't mention this to you, but it said on on the wiki that I, I found this information on that Liz did it. Oh. she Liz did not do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ed, what, Ed did it. What's up with that? So that Are was a lie. Are they just giving fake spoilers? I think so. <laughs> I think they were trying to like protect the the twist okay i i mean (laughs) the twist yeah as if it's this it's this crazy no way i can't believe it was ed freeborn (laughs) he seems so chill (laughs) he seems so cool and chill in that in that miniature golf course house he has (laughs) but yeah that's they lied to me well i'm glad because i i didn't want to be spoiled that that was a yeah that was an accident but also, I'm a little... I'm somehow, even though I didn't want to be spoiled, I am frustrated they lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the trust these days? Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> well, that's been uh, case one of CSI Hard Evidence, burning for you. Join us yeah, next week I... as we talk about any number of CSI cases. I was just going to say, I think, even though it wasn't great, I still think it made a pretty good first impression just based on what we've been accustomed to with CSI so far. Absolutely true. I don't, I don't, I don't see it getting better than that, though, but oh, we'll yeah. see. No, I mean, we hit Wouldn't the it be crazy if by the last format. CSI it was like an actual game? Yeah, well, you know, I, apparently the tone of these first two and the next two are are very different mostly because of the addition of Lawrence Fishburne. So the game could be very different. You know, what's interesting. I was, remember I linked you that list. I forget what website it was. It was a list of the top 10 highest rated by Metacritic. I know you're not a a big Metacritic guy, but that's just what it was based off of. Uh, Top 10 highest rated telltale games on Metacritic. And in the top five, there was a CSI game. And the only reason it was there was because it had two reviews, but both were good reviews. Do you, would you have remembered if it was three dimensions or hard evidence? No, it's, it's neither of those. It's one of the later ones. It's three or four. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a thing, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So we're going to keep playing this game and until next time, we'll see you later. Stay gold. Stay gold.